Welcome back to the Graveyard Shift. I'm James Pugh. I'm Dave Burrows. Today, we're delighted to be joined by a woman who describes herself as a lifestyle intervention coach and who is featured in a best-selling book on Amazon. Stop tapping the table. It's a warm welcome to Laura Butler of Laura Butler Coaching. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Uh, you say you're on a mission as a well-being and performance coach to support people in business with heart and ambition. Tell us more. So I started out as as a health and wellness coach uh, nearly 10 years ago now and that was from my own experience really of of burnout overwhelm running a successful business at the time and then having uh, children what, what business were you in before so more uh, marketing okay. um and then from that really i've always had an interest in health and well-being uh, since I was since a really young age, actually, my um, my granny's a swami, so she was the um, chair of the British Wheel of Yoga for for a while, and um, so we've always had a thread of health and well being in the family, and I always thought I was looking after myself quite well, mm. and then um, with business and family life. You know, things just became super overwhelming as they do. And I found myself in a, in a place of burnout. And from that decided to take a step back and to, to retrain as a, as a health and wellness coach. And it was from that and my own journey um, back to kind of optimum health, really, that I got really passionate about helping other people do the same. And so now I work one-to-one -one with, with people, individuals internationally, but also with businesses um, across the UK to support them, to support their, their teams as well. So you, said, you were saying that, that you'd experienced burnout. Uh, so two-part question. First of all, how did that manifest itself in, in you? Because I'm just thinking a lot of people sort of listening might be experiencing signs of burnout but not recognise it in themselves because sure. I think that's one one issue. You see a lot of people who are, to the outside, people can see that they're running on empty but they might not recognise it in, in themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it can manifest in so many different ways. But for me, it was just exhaustion and feeling detached. Oh, from... well, that's not professional, James. <laughs> Unbelievable. My God. I mean, for goodness. You literally watched me put mine on silent. I'm actually I didn't shocked. check it. I mean, I mean, serious. I mean, seriously. And nobody ever rings me either. You know that's getting clipped, right? That's definitely going in. That's, that's staying in. Sorry, you were saying before you were so rudely interrupted. <laughs> It's the, it's the always on of the world now, isn't it? Exactly, we'll come on to that. <laughs> a bit of overwhelm. Um, so for me, yeah, it was the exhaustion, it was the stress, it was the anxiety, it was the mood, it was the energy levels, everything was just completely depleted and I was just feeling... And did you recognise it in yourself or did somebody else sort of go... I think it took me a little while and then it was kind of a bit of an intervention from loved ones who were sort of saying... This, you know, you're not quite right. Yeah. Uh, something's got to give here. And um, it was, you know, only when I was kind of really honest with myself on that reflection that I understood that something did need to change. And actually, you know, upon having children, you know, there's nothing more emotive than having children. And then, you know, the thought in me was when my daughter is my age, do I want her to come to me and say, you know, mum, 
I'm absolutely, I'm on my knees, mm. I, but I don't have the time for myself. And I, I can't possibly do anything to look after myself. I couldn't say no to this work contract and I can't, you know, go for a run. I can't do the things for myself because I'm just, I'm too busy, you know. Um, and for me, I thought, I don't want that for her. So something's going to change now. I've got to be the role model that mm. I want I want for her. And is that the biggest problem? Just coming on to James and his phone. Uh, is that the problem that people, as you said, we're in a society where, where we're always on. We're always checking our emails. We're always checking our WhatsApps. What, what have you? The phones are always going. Is it that people think, I've, I've got no time for myself because if I take time for myself, then X, Y, Z doesn't get done? I think absolutely it's a huge factor for sure. This always on, this always available, this kind of stat, you're always on standby. You know, you're never quite mm. switched off. Um, so, so what's the answer? What's the solution? <clears throat> well, boundaries, <laughs> I think actually. Straight to the chase. Um, Boundaries are a huge part of well-being, actually, whether they be in relationships, whether they be with work, wherever they might be. But boundaries are a huge part of well-being and, and what is, you know, what's going to serve you and what isn't. You know, are people actually, if you push yourself so that you are always on, always available, always doing, always giving, are people actually going to be getting the best version of you? And it's not just at home but you know the best version of you at home the best version of you for yourself the best version of you for your work actually means that you have to take time out mm. and that's how you're going to be um perform better be more productive have better relationships not by consistently just always being on um obviously again sort of you know, talking about your own experience you know there's probably lots of you know women out there you know got some great business ideas you know but they're obviously, you know, a mum as well. And, you know, they might be thinking, oh, I can't possibly be a mum and run my own business. What advice would you give them? You know, what encouragement can you give them? I would say that, first of all, as a mum, whatever you do, you feel guilty. <laughs> so whether you do... And as do, a dad. As a dad, for I'm bringing, sure. I'm bringing that know, in. We've both got kids. So. As a parent, right, you know the story. Parental guilt is you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you yeah, don't yeah, yeah. at the end of the day. So I think understanding that and, and giving yourself that kind of grace and saying, you know what, actually, I'm just going to do my best and... Really, I think so this is a conversation I had the other day about at what point does well-being come into the entrepreneurial journey? Because quite often we find that career-driven people or entrepreneurs actually only look to their own well-being after they've gone through the burnout and the overwhelm or some sort of health crisis because they've mm. just pushed themselves too far. They've put the business or the career first and then they found themselves on their knees. Whereas actually for me... I believe that if we can get that baseline of well-being mm. from the start, then actually we're going to be able to perform better, succeed more, go further and create actually more, you know, but from a, a place of real kind of um, health and just wholeness, you know, it's going to feel like a much nicer journey than being completely stressed out the whole time. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that phrase which I absolutely hate, and I hate it when people put it, and they put it on social media all the time, and I hate it, and it's that when they put work hard, play hard. I absolutely hate that phrase <laughs> because, I don't know, what does it, well, A, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. But B, if, if that's your attitude to life, then when are, you, when are you relaxing? When are you chilling out? Yeah, absolutely, and we do need that downtime. We do. Otherwise, you know, we are going to find ourselves completely overwhelmed. But... Also, one of, one of the things that I do, one of the tools, is, and it's a great starting place, it's called the Wellness Wheel. 
because well-being isn't just about mental health. So uh, well-being is about social, digital, financial. You know, there's lots of different areas of well-being. And the, the wellness wheel actually has kind of eight sections to it. And we go round and actually kind of rate where you are on each section at this very moment in time. So if I were to ask you again in six months, it would probably change. But it's a great kind of starting place. Now, I've never seen... Um, a kind of fully round wheel there's always it's always been a wonky wheel there's, no, you know, there's never any judgment but it just shows you it's that protected time to sit and go actually no how is my social life how are my finances how are my emotions you know how am I feeling about this and actually where needs a little bit of extra focus and attention right now where's being neglected and if I give a little bit more attention there how would that actually benefit the rest of my life and the trajectory of my own health and well-being. Um, can you talk us a bit more about the process of sort of when you start sort of helping people? Are you finding they're coming to you? Are you finding them? Are, you know, what's your sort of first you know, bit of advice you give? And how does it go? So. Um, well, it's a mix, really. I have a lot of um, lovely clients who refer me into lots of businesses. Um, it's It's been an interesting one because in terms of businesses, I've worked predominantly outside of Shropshire until the last... Same until thing. Yeah, <laughs> until sort of um, during the lockdown, really. And I think the pandemic had done this sort of education piece around well-being for me whereas previously awesome. you know um well-being was very google-esque it was very fluffy it was you know it's interesting because we've had we've had a lot of, lot of guests on the podcast now and obviously nobody is sitting around saying the pandemic was great because mm -hmm. it, it wasn't mm -hmm. but for a lot of lot of businesses we've spoken to accelerated plans that they had that they maybe wouldn't have got round to for you what you just said i think a lot of people sort of were vaguely aware that well-being was important and would probably get around to maybe thinking about possibly doing something in five years time sort of thing mm -hmm. um whereas the pandemic as you say just drove people to to think a bit more about their own their own well-being so kind of did your marketing absolutely yeah no absolutely it did it did this education piece around why it was so important and actually now it's not just a fluffy concept it very much is necessary and um and i think it's also shown that well-being is when when we're talking about businesses specifically that it's intrinsically linked to performance so it's not just fluffy you know there are metrics involved that you can create a strategy with anything else that you would be doing within your workplace whether it be sales or whatever else there's a strategy and it can be measured and there's a return on investment if you're looking at it that way from a business point of view um but from an individual's point of view we're seeing that now actually people are expecting businesses as well to really invest in having, you know, well-being strategies for them um, and initiatives for them. But what I'm finding now, kind of the fallout of the fallout, is that um, HR managers or, or business owners are coming to me saying, well, we tried a little bit of something, mm. you know, it might have been bring, bring your puppy to work day or smoothie bike outside or something you know but it didn't really work i've ridden a smoothie <laughs> okay, bike okay <laughs> so yeah and i mean they're they're great fun but they're not really going to make any everlasting change yeah. not really that transformative so 
my job really and what I love to do is kind of get under the skin of the organization, mm. find out what they're doing really well, mm. find out what their challenges are, what their vision is, and see if we can marry all that up and give give the staff what they really need, not just what you think they need, and really understand what would support them to, again, become the best version of themselves. Yeah, this is interesting because... I think part of the problem is a lot of businesses recognize that they should be doing something well-being, but as you say, they, they kind of play at it uh, uh, and will do something that they think, oh, you know, we'll, we'll give them cupcakes one Friday a month or whatever it might be, um, which smacks of tokenism. Um, so what, what, what is it without giving, obviously, your secrets away, because obviously you, like, you need to deep dive into a business, but what are the sort of things that businesses should be looking at if they're serious about well-being? So um, what I would say is that consistency is key. So, you know, the odd, the odd well-being day or well-being week, you know, a year isn't kind of tick everyone's well now, you know, move on. It's consistency. Whatever you're doing, make sure that you're doing it regularly um, because it takes time. Um, but also I would say the first thing is really understanding, like I say, what your business needs and then on the back of that really making sure that you've got a mix of things that that people can in, interact with because it is a symbiotic relationship the business needs to be able to put activities and initiatives on but the individual needs to put their hand up and say yes I'm going to get involved and feel empowered yeah. and comfortable enough to take those initiatives up so and it really depends on on the culture as well. So it's one thing sort of saying, yep, we're going to do all this well-being stuff. We're going to bring all these great things in. But then you've still got, you know, the senior management team emailing on their holiday or, you know, <laughs> calling late at night or whatever it might be, not taking breaks, etc. Nathan Rice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here. Um, so the culture really has to feel like the individuals can make those changes themselves as well. Uh, that's definitely one of the first places that I would start. But then you can get a mix from, you know, you don't have to even spend any money. Can you take the team on walking meetings? You know, you're getting some steps in, could be a step challenge for the month between the team. You know, walking meetings are, are really awesome because you can get yourselves out and about, a bit of fresh air, stress. Um, so, sorry, the fractals, which are the shapes in nature, are actually stress-reducing uh, to the human brain. So um, getting outside and, you know, a 15-minute brisk walk in the, in the fresh air actually picks you up 10 times more than a cup of coffee. So just a little bit... <laughs> slightly true, true, coffee true, away. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, get the equipment. We're going for a walk. <laughs> yeah, mic us up. Um, so little things like that that you don't know unless you don't know. So then also uh, education. So can you... I mean, obviously, if there were really good well-being coaches in the in the in the Shropshire area, I've, 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 um, I've heard of at least one. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, educating yourself, doing regular workshops, understanding, you know, everything from diet and eating for energy and understanding that actually maybe mid-morning if you're having cake and coffee you're going to get a bit of a slump later on so you're going to be falling asleep at your desk I, I, feel, uh, you I feel like we're being judged just little things like yeah. this you know and then tools and techniques is there any um you know breathing techniques which is a huge thing that i teach they're very again really great in moments of stress or anxiety or 
busy at work, you can breathe. <laughs> We're doing it anyway, but if you breathe mm. in the right way, you know, you can use that anytime and, and it's free and no one knows you're doing it. So there's things like that that you can bring in. So I would say, you know, there's basically there's organizationally what what you can be doing as a business, you know, whether it be implementing walking, walking meetings or providing certain food or education or dealing with a culture, that kind of thing. But then also for the individuals themselves, educating them, empowering them, motivating them, inspiring them to make changes to their own lifestyle. Are you finding though when you sort of go into businesses, you know, particularly perhaps larger ones, there are going to be individuals who are like, you know, quite arrogant and oh I don't need there's nothing wrong with my lifestyle there's nothing wrong with having some coffee and a cake is it really this obviously is it can it be really challenging to convince sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah it can be and I think this is where again everyone's journey to well-being is very personal it's their own. And again, as I said, sort of well-being is, um, it, I guess it depends where you are right now and what matters to you and what your priorities are. There's no point trying to really, um, you know, force someone along with a well-being initiative that they're just not going to enjoy because that's going to have the counter effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for example, I had a client once who, for him, well-being was actually cleaning his car every day because he kind of got into this meditative state and he was so relaxed actually cleaning his car that that's when he felt like he could switch off. Come and do mine. I know. That, <laughs> that helps him relax. He can come and do my car. I'm a bit of a clean freak. And sort of, oh, well, you can do my car. And I love hoovering. When I was a child in primary school, we had to write down our favourite item and I put a hoover. hoover. And I was about six or seven. That's pretty Other vacuum cleaners are available. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, yeah, even now I'm like, you know, I just go from my own little world and, you know, Hoover, yeah. Yeah, well, this is it, exactly. And so you can access that. Yeah. You know, you I don't know, Jack, need I'm a well-being coach <laughs> to go and Hoover every day. But this is it. So everyone's journey to well-being is very personal. And what I try to do when I'm working with individuals or groups is make sure that, you know, people can really identify within themselves and become aware of what really supports them and what would be pivotal in supporting them going forward and what would change the trajectory of their health and well-being. So some people, it might be food and the food that they eat and whether, you know, just some little tweaks and up levels here and there would make a huge difference. Um, but other people, it could be their stress levels or it could be movement, it could be whatever. But I think well-being is something that everyone can access and it is mm. a very personal journey. So... It's not about me necessarily convincing people to do certain things that um, feel like well-being activities. It's about understanding them and about what would support them where they are right now. You mentioned food a couple of times, so I'm going to jump ahead from your script, James. Sorry, um, but uh, the Amazon book that James mentioned earlier, uh, "Joy Recipes for Abundance," is that? Is that um, so that's a collection of stories from women like yourself. Um, tell us more about the book. Okay, so uh, I'm, well, going back to the the food side of things, I'm actually a massive foodie. So when it comes to health and well-being, you know. How can I incorporate food into everything? Absolutely. (laughs) Food is a a big thing for me. And what I love to do with clients, actually, is bring very um, experimental sort of food activities. We do almost this... um, 
like ready, steady, cook type activity, which is good fun, actually. And then we get to learn about, you know, what kind of foods are, what your macros are and what would give you energy, what might take it away and understanding sugar and things like that. And it's really good fun. And sometimes it ends in a food fight. But, you know, so, yeah, massive foodie. Um, but for me, with foods, even though I really want it to be healthy, it's got to be tasty. It's got to look good. It's mm. got to taste good. I've got to feel like I'm really enjoying the meal. So I've dedicated a lot of my time to making like healthy food really awesome. So um, that's that's massive part of things for me. So you don't have to be into health and well-being and feel like you're deprived. <laughs> um, but really... When it came, yeah, for, for that book specifically, for joy, it was very much about finding joy in everyday life and about um, finding a pleasurable way to health and well-being. Mm. As I just said, with food, it doesn't have to feel like deprivation, like you're missing out on something. Because um, that would have the opposite effect anyway. Exactly. So it might be good for you, but if you're not enjoying it, then... Absolutely. Um, and again, with movement, it doesn't need to feel like punishment, you know. You can find pleasurable movement that's going to be so much better for your mind and body than actually, you know, forcing yourself to go through the insanity workout because you feel like that's <laughs> what you've got to do. Um, and so that book was very much about whatever you do, find something that feels pleasurable mm. because also within that, you know, as humans we want instant gratification, you know, we want reward and yeah. rewards part of the habit loop. And, you know, willpower will only get us so far with um, implementing new habits and new behaviors. So we want things to sort of feel pleasurable quite, quite quickly early on, so that we're encouraged to keep doing them. Um, so for me, again, it's not about just like, you know, powering through. It's about, no, actually, I want to enjoy this. If I'm going to spend my time doing it, I want to enjoy it. And just back to the food, is there any sort of specific dishes that you can recommend? Any of your favourites? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> specific dishes. Do you know what I actually love doing? I'm talking about books. I'm thinking about putting together um, a sort of naughty but nice cookbook that's around desserts but they are gluten and dairy and sugar-free so um, one thing that I love to do is make is bake really mm. and um I made a friend a beautiful I say chocolate it was made out of cacao which is like the yeah. raw yeah. Yeah. yeah the raw form of chocolate um for her birthday and she was gluten and um dairy intolerant and I thought I wonder if I can do this without sugar too and made this beautiful chocolate cake and she had no idea that um, it was missing all of those ingredients. Uh, and I thought, hmm, I'm onto something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that is kind of bubbling away in oh, the background. Okay. That's exciting. Because I think, yeah, again. Exclusive, you know, yes. Yeah, good exclusive here today. <laughs> um, again, it's, you know, we don't want to feel like we're missing out. Mm -hmm. You know, we want a chocolate cake on our yeah, birthday. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we can't have gluten and dairy mm. and sugar, you know. Um, you've obviously mentioned baking there. What else do you like to do in your downtime to get away? I mean, mine's hoovering. Um, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for me, I love um, wild swimming. I love cold water. So for my own that's Health That's well exploded, isn't it? Cold water swimming and wild swimming. That's, that's become huge. I know. It's massive. I don't understand the... 
joy of it. I didn't go in the sea. I can understand going into into the into the hot tub afterwards. But... Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I actually have a whiskey barrel that I cut the the top oh, off really? in my garden, and I I filled that with water. Oh. I had to break the ice in it the, uh, the other month. That's but... what um, Liz McColgan, somebody like that, used to do that when, after they'd done long runs, jumping in yeah. an ice bath that was in a wheelie bin. Yeah, in a brilliant, yeah, great, <laughs> great idea. Um, no, I love it. So I think, I mean, it's an instant state changer. Mm. So um, if you're in a bad mood, <laughs> get in the bucket. You're in an even worse one. Like, no, I'm, no, I'm grumpy and freezing. <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, it's it's kind of it helps with resilience, but also there's so many benefits. You know, not just from like immune system and things like that. Mm. But I genuinely, you know, sometimes I get in there and I think, why am I in here again? <laughs> um, but by the time I get out. Absolutely buzzing, like ready for the day. Like, you know, how long are you in there? For? Um, so I do about ten minutes in the morning, just with a cup of tea. Try it. Sit there. Compare notes. <laughs> you try it and, and compare notes with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Start with a couple of minutes if you can. But um, no, I I love it. A little bit addicted to it. I I get great benefits out of that. But again, this is where it's so personal, right? You know, <laughs> someone else might prefer a hot tub, and that yeah. and that's fine. That'd be, that'd be me. <laughs> Um, again, you mentioned previously that you've um, sort of specifically since the pandemic helped more Shropshire businesses. Is there any that you can name and sort of tell us about a bit more about what you've done and implemented them? Have to name you don't have to name them if you if you but you, you can give us a you can give us well, an well, overview. I read on your social media is it Aco. You've done some stuff with Aco. Yeah, so Aco um, recently have joined. So I have an online wellness platform as well and ACO have joined the Wellbe Hub. Um, so, yeah, they're a fab organisation. They already do so much. They do, yeah. So much for their staff. It was um, really inspirational to walk around their facilities because they've got a gym on site and a meditation area, and I felt like moving in. I was like, <laughs> this should be my office, you know? <laughs> We've got a peloton upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, yeah, really brilliant. And so they already do quite a lot. They've got in-house coaches and things. Um, really progressive. Love the whole ethos. Um, and so, yeah, they've signed all their all their team up to the hub. And basically, with the online platform that I have, it's just a really good baseline of well-being. So it's great if businesses, especially small businesses, if they don't have a huge amount of resource or they're mm. not sure where to start with well-being, because that's a big part mm. of it. Where do we start how do we offer something to everyone that's mm. going to help everyone um, and tick all those boxes without spending a fortune, spending loads of time organising things? And it's kind of already done for you. It's a sort of all-in-one solution to wellbeing for, for small businesses. And then the hub then basically engages uh, individuals every week, sends out lots of top tips and interactive techniques and, you know, recipes and, you know, live videos. We have live coaching and webinar on there each month mm -hmm. as well as, um, you know, fitness classes, yoga classes, all that kind of thing. So it's just a great baseline for And did, for did the hub come about organically or was that, was that a product of the pandemic or was that just... Pretty much a product from, of the pandemic because, you know, all of my work pre-pandemic was going into businesses yeah. and was delivered in businesses and you know as most people found myself at home thinking how am I going to reach out to everyone from here <laughs> yeah, and so how am I going to do that on a you know on a large scale so created the hub that way so it could still support businesses and you talked earlier about having clients internationally as well as 
in the UK. How, yeah. I mean, how did how did your name get out there internationally? Um, how, where where abroad do you have clients? So, um, at the moment, so I've Switzerland, um, America. I've got five clients in America, which is always good fun with the time zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also when when the times change as well, there's changes like two weeks before ours change, and I'm thinking, of course, yes, that's good fun. I've got a couple in France at the moment, so kind of all over really. I've had some in um, New Zealand. That was probably the hardest one to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not fun, is it? <laughs> 11-hour time difference. Not really. <laughs> um, but social media mainly and kind of, um, yeah, just word of mouth and friends of friends. But social media is, is the one these days that just... But presumably, you know, there's, there's well-being coaches in the States who have got social media. So you must be doing something for, for clients abroad to be going to you rather than going, there's, there's somebody in Sweden, there's somebody in the States that I can go to. Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, I think as well, when it's when it's um, a sort of personal coaching journey, I mean, you've got to work one-to-one with someone, then I think people really choose the person that they feel really comfortable with. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's that personal journey, isn't it? It's that kind of preference and like, no, you know, I can relate to you. Mm. You seem to have had a similar story to me or, or whatever it might be. So... Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it when people drop in and they're, they're you know, across the world somewhere because I think, hmm, oh, obviously doing something right. <laughs> yeah. And then looking ahead, really, you know, what next for you, you know, your business? <sighs> All sorts, really. Well, <laughs> Already taken over the world, so... Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Shropshire Wellbeing Day, which has started a couple of years ago, that's always the last Wednesday in June. Um, I wanted to give businesses a sort of, well, Shropshire businesses, a protected time, a, you know, a full day to be able to... So Shropshire Wellbeing Day is your baby? Yes, it is. Brilliant. Set it up two years, uh, three years ago now. And um, it's always the last Wednesday in June as part of... World Wellbeing Week, and I wanted to give Shropshire businesses this this protected time to come and think about well-being, think about how they can support their staff and improve what they're doing, try out some other things, some other activities, get advice from, you know, experts really in the field, um, and be able to also not, you know, send other people along as well to to have a nice day. So, Shropshire Wellbeing Day, I want that to grow year on year um and also looking at branching out into staffordshire well-being day as well a couple of others have been interested so Excellent. hopefully that will grow um and for me it's a case of just supporting as many businesses as possible because there's that ripple effect and it's not just the business i'm supporting it's the the individuals that then you know ripples out into their families and beyond as well mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.